Wherever you are in your adoption journey, we are a community centered around love, trust, and respect for the experience and opportunities that have made us families. We promise to share, encourage, support, and celebrate the day-to-day of adoptive mamahood together. I'm Liz. And I'm Sarah. And together, we are Two Adoptive Mamas. Welcome back to the Two Adoptive Mamas podcast, Sarah and Liz here, and we are super excited to welcome Laura Hernandez to the show today. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm really good today. How about you guys? Good. We're just thrilled. This seems like such a fitting um, episode to have. I'm not, when we're recording this, I'm not quite sure when it will air, but um, kind of working on the systems in your life. There's, it's always a good time for that, right? But as we're recording, we're coming up here on the start of school in our area. Um, and so this this is all definitely on the mind. So Laura, um, I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners and let's dive right in. Tell us also how you are connected to the adoption and foster care community. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here today. My husband, Tony, and I live in the Dallas area and we have 10 kiddos. And three of them were adopted out of foster care and are now adopted. And they're a sibling group of three and all three of them have fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. And our family kind of grew very quickly from four to eight kids. We got the three of them right after we had our fifth biological. We ended up having to move from Washington to Texas to adopt them. And we had Andrew in our home when he was a baby. And then he got replaced back with us and his two siblings. And then we adopted them all together. And I know it's kind of confusing with all the, all the pieces, but all that to say life kind of got really chaotic, really fast. And, you know, I had these three complete strangers in my home that we definitely wanted in my home, but it just was a lot as I'm sure everyone knows. And so I just, I was like, we got to figure out something because, you know, those first few weeks when you're like, we can't live this way. I don't know if it's ever going to be normal again. I don't know if we're ever going to have a life again. And I realized quickly that nobody really had anything for our family. And so that kind of led me down the, I need to figure this out. We got to put systems in place. What are they going to be? And that process that I walk through is now what I get to help other mamas walk through too. So. That's amazing. Like Sarah said, um, there's never a better time to talk about systems. It's always the right time to talk about systems. And I know we're going to dive into that deeper, but I do want to just like off the bat say this disclaimer that it doesn't have to be um, a non-nurturing system, if that makes sense. And I'm so excited to be able to tease that out with you later. So before we get that to there, um, this season, we have been focusing on community, um, all the components of that, like what it what it really is, uh, what it's not, and how we can combat isolation with real community in real life. And I think for the adoption and foster care communities at large, this is a really important thing. You know, it's being pushed on us to get into support groups or to connect with other people. But how do we truly see that in the day to day when things seem crazy? <laughs> um, so. The starting question for that is going to be, how do you see true community come in through your day to day? Um, And then the kind of the flip side of that, what challenges do you have with community in your current season of parenting? Yeah. So I think the world of community and know that I could not survive without it. 
And from a day-to-day perspective, that looks a lot like Voxer and Marco Polo. And while I would love to have like a weekly girls night and get away for dinner every week, it's just not really doable. And so those apps really help me connect with my people on a consistent basis throughout the day. And so we're constantly messaging each other and communicating with each other and just kind of sharing our struggles and our, the crazy in our life um, and encouraging each other through that. Yeah. So some of the challenges um, with community is just kind of that lack of, we live out in the country kind of, and it, it's not an easy, hey, so-and-so's down the street. Like all my friends live in a little neighborhood together and I'm out here in the country. And so just those easy things that used to happen when I lived in a neighborhood are not so easy anymore. And so that's, that would be my challenge. Yeah, that's very fair. I have to say, I'm a huge fan of Marco Polo. Um, and it helps because you are already caught up on the little stuff once you do get together in person. And so you kind of get to like skip ahead and really enjoy time together. So love Marco Polo. Um that's, you know, maybe they could sponsor us or something. I don't know. So. <laughs> I think they should. Keeping moms connected. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Laura, let's dive in. So let's start with the basics. How do you define? So for mama systems, right? That's the the name of your, um, your organization, your company, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so talk to us a little bit about how you define and cast a vision for si- systems, excuse me, in the home and give us some examples because I know our listeners, our mamas are going to want to hear that. Like, okay, here's this idea. What does that look like um, in reality? So go ahead, bring us up to speed. Yeah. So I love to think about a system as anything we can take off your plate or off your mind. And so this can be setting alarms for when you need to pick up kids or wake up kids. It can be a spreadsheet of all of your meal plans that you have, or it can just be like a simple automation of having diapers delivered every month. So you don't have to think about it. So anything we can get off your plate, that's what we're doing. And I think often we think of these rigidity. This is the first year I've ever made a spreadsheet. Very proud of myself. I just cranked it out this week. But other than that, I've never, like, it's not this rigid mindset, right? It's this beautiful thing that we can say like, okay, next time today was chaotic. Next time, what can I do differently? Could I have something done beforehand so that when I get to this moment, I'll be more at peace, able to connect with my people, be able to be intentional with them because that's already taken care of. So I think so often as mamas, we have so many things in our minds and then we're reacting to people coming in and asking us for things. I mean, it's just constant, right? And so if we can take care of some of these things that we know are going to happen anyway and have systems for those and have those taken care of, then we can be fully present with our people when they need us. I think you really highlighted there on like what the end goal is, right? Like we are people who are running extremely busy lives and caring for a lot of other little humans um, and not so little humans. Like there are other, there's so many things and components that we're doing, um, but our end goal should be, and hopefully is to connect, show love, um, be with and in relationship with the people in our family. Um, But yeah, the reality is there's just so many other things. There's so many plates that are swirling around. So I love how you shared that. Like, how can we do something different and kind of reevaluating a day? So do you have any success stories um, about just implementing some of these simple systems and like thinking this way? Um, any any success stories that you can share with our listeners of how this really works in navigating the day to day? Yeah. And this may sound kind of silly, but I 
makeup that your people will understand. Um, but one of the things that a lot of our buddies struggle with is just dysregulation, right? And so we have these big meltdowns, these big tantrums, these big things. And I remember sitting there one time, sitting with one of mine that was kind of headed towards destruction and kind of had him like in his little space. And I remember just sitting there with him as he was kind of melting down and thinking like, I don't have to worry about dinner right now because dinner's already, we've already prepped dinner. And like the house was picked up and cleaned up and there wasn't all these other little things nagging at me. And I think that that right there just was kind of a beautiful picture for me of like, oh, this system or this like fixing or this method or whatever can't necessarily fix this behavior. I can be present with this behavior, but I can't fix it. But having all of these things in check will really allow me to be there and give him what he actually needs in that, in that present moment, you know? Um, so that's kind of my success where I'm like, oh, this is good. We need to, I need to share this with others. Right. And feel strongly about adoptive mamas getting these things in place in their homes. But then client after client, just talk about how much their brain is freed up, how just taking care of some of these simple little things that you don't think about, um, but that just decision fatigue takes you down, you know, at the end of the day, we're toast and done. But if we can kind of just whittle away at those and keep making those decisions beforehand and have a set plan for something in place beforehand, then we're not making those decisions on the fly, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think there's probably more than we realize that we could take off of our plate, um, but we haven't even allowed ourselves the headspace to comprehend what that might be. And so I think this is a really important conversation. Um, so through this lens of adoption foster care, Laura, how would you encourage an overwhelmed or stressed parent who is juggling the additional parenting layers like trauma histories? medical nuances, navigating birth parents and families. Um, how would you encourage a listener who might be wondering how to start effective systems or even just get one thing into place? Um, you know, do you have a suggestion for a starting point? Walk us through that. Yes. So I think with just the one thing, like if it's just one thing, I would say like, what's the most chaotic part of your day? And if for you, it's the morning time, let's think through your morning time. And let's take care of one of those things the night before, but maybe you have a little bit more energy or have your kids take care of those things the night before. So if you're always running around looking for shoes or socks, make sure those shoes and socks are by the front door the night before. So that way in the morning, it's a little bit smoother. So just trying to think of one simple task that you can move up in your day or in your life or decide once and never look back, make that decision. And that way you're not constantly having to like rethink the whole situation. Laura, I like that because I think um, even not just when I'm thinking about systems in my house, but thinking about other things that maybe cause me decision fatigue, um, approaching it as like the next right step. That's what it sounds like to me. Like if you're kind of reflective of the day or um, the week or the month or whatever that looks like, sometimes it's hard for us to find moments to be reflective, but how powerful it can be to just think about like, hey, what's the right next step in this moment? Um, and it could be as simple as like putting the shoes by the door, or it could be even larger than that, but freeing up your mind and your capacity um, to ca- tackle the bigger things um, by covering these smaller things with systems, I think is is truly what you're getting at. And I think is going to be really a crucial perspective um, 
for busy parents to think about. Um, well, also kind of focusing on this adoption and foster care parenting lens um, within this community, we also talk a lot about that balance between structure and nurture um, and everybody's balance of that looks a little bit different, but uh, would love your perspective here. What would you say to a mom who might question or maybe argue that a system might not sound very like nurturing? Um, Or I guess another like add on question to that, like how can these systems truly help a parent find their right balance of structure and nurture? Mm, I like this question. So trying to find the best way to, to word this. I think, do you, do you remember the first week of the pandemic when it was like, oh my gosh, what's happening And our whole body? Yes, I definitely remember that. (laughs) Everything in my body. I felt so unsure about life and about, you know, we were out of town and I just wanted to get home and I just wanted to feel safe. And I just, I just needed to know what was going to happen. That week just gave me a glimpse into my little people's lives. Cause I think that you know, so often hear that they need structure and they need routine and they need to know what's coming and clear expectations. And that's why we give them warnings. And that's why like, you know, all the things. And I think that moment of like, oh my goodness, my whole body is responding to this uncertainty and this anxiety. And I could kind of relate to my little people because I can see that they thrive so much better when there is structure in place. Even though sometimes there's pushback on it, they know what's coming and they know what's expected of them. And I think when we set those clear expectations for them and for us, and that we've communicated about it beforehand, it makes everything go so much smoother. Yeah, that's a great point of comparison that I think is recent enough that we can all relate and remember um, that feeling. So keeping in mind our children and the little people in our house, um, when it comes to systems, how have you... um, been able to kind of incorporate children into the creation of them and implementing them in the home. We all know there needs to be buy-in, right, in order for it to be effective. Um, So share some examples of how children have been involved, different age levels, in creating successful and sustainable systems. Yeah, so I love to talk about it as more of a teamwork mentality. And how we kind of frame that up is that we're all doing our afternoon chores all at the same time. And so we're working together as a team to straighten up our house, to get ready for the next day, to get ready for dinner. And with this, I've gotten our kids excited about it over the years with just making little cute charts that they can be really excited about and follow along and know what's expected of them. Um, I cannot overemphasize the expectation piece of this. I also love the chart because it makes the chart and setting an alarm on Alexa. Those two things then become the bad guy and the pushback's not against me. It's, oh, just very matter-of-factly, the alarm went off. We now need to look at our chart and see what we need to do. And so putting putting that on somebody else instead of me just kind of takes out that personal level of it, which may seem like we don't want to do that. We want to connect. But I think that um, sometimes when it's something harder for them or something that may not be a preferred activity, that that's an okay thing to do. Yeah, I love that. So talk to us a little bit, Laura, about... Um, I mean, you probably have clients coming from different family situations and settings and makeups. And so I'm wondering, this is a little bit off the cuff, but if you would be willing to share, perhaps, you know, of a foster adoptive family that this has really changed the course for them. Like they were drowning um, until some systems were put in place and then you were able to step in and help implement them. Um, What has been their feedback and how have you seen change come about? 
Yeah. I think that, I think the joy of working with other people is that you get to hear their opinions, right? You kind of get this flyover view. So whenever I have a coach or something, they can kind of fly over view me and I'm so stuck in what we're doing and I'm like, it's not working, but I don't know what else to do. Right. Just kind of that overwhelm. And so having somebody come in and really say, why don't you do this? Or why don't you delegate out this? Or nobody is enjoying softball. Why are you all playing it? Like, let's just think through some of these things that are draining you. I think is so helpful because then we can really get things off of our plate that we don't enjoy. We can delegate out things that drain us. We can automate things. And so when we get, when we kind of start shedding those things, we are just so much freer. It's kind of like, we're just like lifting weights off of us and handing them to somebody else. Um, So one of the greatest things that has happened to me in, in the recent years is because of our children have fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, um, they all qualify for services through the state. And so we get massive amounts of hours for people to come in and help us and serve our family and and help take care of them. And so that has been so life-giving, just having some other adult in the house that can help kind of interfere. And is that the right word? Interfere? Interseed. Intercede. Yeah. Inter, inter something. They're doing something. They're helping me. And it's great. And so I love helping moms kind of figure out those things in their area, like helping them find services for their kids, helping them find respite, helping them find um, just different breaks and ways that they can pull in from the community, you know? Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about kind of how our listeners are digesting all of this, there's probably some like alarms going off. Like, well, if I automate or I streamline or I set up, you know, that delivery, like, well, what is this going to cost me? But I'm, I'm also thinking that when you automate and you streamline, you're probably streamlining expenses and just like the value of your time and um, the emotional, uh, you know, withdrawal that's usually happening because when there's not a system in place, you know, you're having to compensate in so many different ways. Would you say that's pretty accurate? I feel like it's very accurate. Okay. So even just let's take grocery delivery for a moment. If I were to go to the grocery store and pile in some kids in the car, it would take me a good hour and a half to get around and get everything I needed. And I might be getting some sales and I might be getting everything off my list, but I know for sure I'd also be getting cookies and the candle that's out in the aisle, like just all the random things that I don't need, but they're there. And so I'm buying them. Right. And so I have found that especially using something, there's an app called emails that I love. And so it plans out your meals for you and automatically puts it on the grocery cart. And I can have meal planning and grocery shopping done within 10 minutes and I'm done. And it's at my door the next day. Yes. I love emails. Another sponsorship, Marco Polo and emails. This is how moms (laughs) thrive. This is great. (laughs) I'm so curious, Laura, when you have a client reach out to you, what's your process? Like, what do you, how do you take that next right step with them and equip them to find that first thing and, and kind of get you started with working with you? Yeah. So when we start working together, we kind of do this big life assessment which sounds like a lot, but it's really not. It's just kind of taking inventory of what you're doing during the day. And I think that we are all just kind of living moment to moment, reactionary lives. We're not even aware of what we've done during the day, right? You can be like, I think I loaded the dishes at some point. I'm not really sure. But just writing it all down and then assessing each of those things and figuring out if it drains you or if it gives you life. And those things that drain you, we're going to automate, eliminate, and delegate and try to make them as simple as possible or not at all in your life. And then the things that give you life, we're going to make sure we prioritize because there's definitely things that I know I want to prioritize with my kids, 
but they just kind of fall by the wayside because other things come up in the moment. But if I have a plan for it to make it happen, then it's more likely to happen, right? Something like 90% more likely to happen or some crazy. I'm making that up off the cuff, but it's something crazy like that. So don't quote me on that. Anyway, um, without a plan, we can't do anything. Like it's not going to happen. So we go through all of that and then we make sure that things like self-care and um, like groceries and laundry and all the things that we have to do as mamas, that those are all taken care of. And there's a plan for all of those items. That's awesome. Okay. One last question before we close our time here. Um, how would you kind of share this hope and encouragement for um, a mama who might be overwhelmed, which we've already touched on for like what to start with, but maybe they're, maybe they are doing a lot of systems already. And maybe there's just so many other things that are going on in their life. And they're like, you know, like, I just can't keep my head above what, like I'm already doing this. Like, yes, Laura, yes, Laura, like I'm totally tracking with you. And (laughs) I'm still feeling really overwhelmed or like I can't get there. So what kind of hope and encouragement would you have for that listener? Yeah, I think I may switch your question up a little bit, but I think that where I got stuck in that was when I didn't know about our fetal alcohol diagnosis. And I just assumed like I had done everything. I had done everything I was supposed to do. We're like empowering to connect all the way around, right? Like we're, we're doing all the things we're checking all the boxes we're whatever, but behavior, their safety level, their development, all these things that were kind of promised to us weren't adding up. And so it wasn't until I kind of got that diagnosis and was able to learn about that and learn about how their brain has been damaged, um, where I was able to really kind of slide into that compassion and empathy towards them, which may sound awful. I don't know that I couldn't do it before, but it's just where I was. Um, no, well, I'll just jump in to say that I also have a child with an FASD and I think that um awareness is key and whether you're parenting a child who has a medical diagnosis or not, um the fact is that our kiddos who come from hard places are dealing with things that are unseen and are impacting them in ways that we we can't understand. So th- there's so many there's so many layers to that, but awareness and and really being curious about what's going on with your kids can make a huge difference, which. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Cause we can then have empathy and um, really meet them where, where they are, which then just makes everything like my expectations are then appropriately set. And so I'm not frustrated all the time when I walk in and there's a huge disaster, or whatever it is, right? Like I can, I can kind of simmer myself down a little bit if I have this appropriate expectations of them. I think what you have is a, a huge testimony um, for how this can really and work because, I mean, y- you have 10 children in the home, um, which is a lot and maybe more than our average listener might have, maybe not, um, but that that's a lot of kids. <laughs> um, and so being able to navigate all of that um, is a huge success story in and of itself and a huge encouragement to um, to me and to our other listeners about all of the great things that you're doing. So um, just to close this out here, Laura, what are you working on right now? Where can our listeners find you? Yes. So I have been working on um, creating kind of a special needs platform called Advocate Like a Mama. And on there, just there's a lot of different trainings and a lot of different resources on there. I found that nobody really, I didn't feel equipped at all. Um, 
with our children. So with their FASDs, they have very low IQs. And I, I just kept thinking that they would develop and that things would line up once they came to us. Cause that was kind of the message we were told in foster care training. And I want to be a voice for those resources. And I want to be a voice for like education and um, just allow families to thrive in that for them to have somebody who can understand them and know them and where they can walk in and say like, Hey, my biggest fear is that my child is going to end up pregnant in high school or that they're going to end up in prison. Like those scary thoughts that we have that we don't want to share with anyone. Like I want to create a space for that. So. That's wonderful. Laura, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Thank you for sharing a little bit about systems. Thank you for helping our listeners um, see that the next right step, that one first system is a good way um, to get going. And we will link up uh, your website, themamasystems.net in our show notes so that our listeners can find you and learn more um, about how to make these sustainable systems in our home. Yes, go ahead. (laughs) I have one more thing. I have a a free little chore e-guide that I would love to share that I'll I'll give to you as well. We can put that in the show notes. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. We, we love resources that we can give and, and that's our heart here at Two Adopted Mamas. So that's amazing. Thank you for that. So Laura, thank you. And uh, to our listeners, remember you've got this mama. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or know someone who could benefit from our show, the best thing to do is leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are grateful to be hosting the Two Adoptive Mamas podcast for a fifth season. Learn more about how you can support our ongoing work through our Patreon at twoadoptivemamas.com. As always, it's been fun. Until we meet again, remember, you've got this mama.